hate Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I only eat Brussels sprouts. I actually sort of like broccoli. I do not like lima beans, though. <gasps> well, then when I say, ooh, do not serve. Uh-huh. Lima beans. Yeah, no, the lima beans, so far as I'm concerned, though, should maybe if you could figure out a, a way to mix them in and make them a decorative part of concrete or something, that might be a... So, I guess when... I know God doesn't make mistakes, but he came awfully close with lima beans. So, I guess uh, when we have a family reunion picnic, I think it's going to have to be turkeys without any lima beans, look like. No lima beans and sweet potatoes and mm-hmm. spinach. I love spinach. And spinach salad I like, too. Oh, Don, we're going to get along fine. <laughs> you can go to Walden's house. Well, yeah, but I see now there's going to be a problem with this because you won't be able to eat anything because if you're going to maintain your anonymity, you're going to have to, like, have a bag over your head or something. (laughs) You won't be able to eat. Oh, no, you misunderstood. We have to put a bag over your head. Oh, wait, now, what is wrong with this picture, right? We we misunderstood. (laughs) Oh, okay, well, all right. Uh, Well, we can make it simple. We, We can just turn out the lights. Well, you just all eat in the dark. Well, yeah, but then uh, it would... Then you're all even, Walden. Like sure. A, yeah. Sure. Like what, was, what, was, what was the, the expression I, from the movie, I, uh, Cool Hand Luke, we have a failure to communicate? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm not worried. The communicating part, I think we can deal with. I'm worried about the chewing part. Oh. That's not my problem. You've got the... <laughs> It's not so much the chewing part, it's getting the food in there. Well, yeah, I guess that's, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, you'd have to work your way up underneath the... Procedure involved back. prior to, yeah. Okay. Oh, dear. Well. Oh, dear. And no cheating. Okay, all right. We're, we're down to questions here. How are you on Christmas music? Uh, well, I, I, it depends. I guess I'll find out if you ask me. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I didn't pull over my Christmas music. Let's Uh-oh. see what we've got Uh-oh. here. Hold on. Do not go away. That is the wrong file. We are on standby for uh, Patricia. Christmas. She is, she is making some some sweet potatoes and I know. Right, as looking, we speak. She kind of has to figure out how to cook the uh, the turkey and pull out the uh, her books out of her oven. That's going to be a major task. Good grief. Do not go away. I have, because I'm going to give you a Christmas music. Let me see. She's going to find something hard that I'm not going to be able to answer. I know. I know. I'm looking for Christmas music trivia, and it is there. Hold on. Oh, Christmas music trivia. Who first recorded the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Who first? Well, I let's see now. That's a good question, but I it wasn't yes, it. It was Gene Autry, wasn't it? Yes, it was. All right, good job, Don. Now, see the 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 big deal here is to answer questions like Oscar Levant used to do on Information, Please. He would. Well, you know, I could have said it was like Montgomery Ward's, but that what I think was the story was first. So I actually, you know, I somewhere I I actually saw. I think it was like um it was like a, a newspaper filler story thing that they it was printed on pulp paper, which is why that is finding that thing is so hard hard to do. Uh-huh. And they they distributed in the first year they distributed two million copies of that thing. Montgomery Ward to customers. And it it was just such an extraordinary success they had no idea and of course as an advertising medium it was wonderful. 
or actually marketing, not advertising. But this is very fine. Uh, Gene Autry, we will take him off. And how come I did? I thought I brought over all my Christmas stuff. Hmm. Okay. Um. That means I can send you something. What would you like? Let's see. Let's see. Well, you know, actually, this is uh, no. Um. I will derive some enjoyment from it, but a co-worker of mine happened to mention to me, because he was listening to, or he knows I listen to old-time radio stuff, he, he had this, this fixation on wanting to hear Clem Cadiddlehopper, and I said, you know, gee, I don't have that much Red Skelton stuff, so have you got any of that? I've got a load of Red Skelton, and I'm so happy that somebody asks for him occasionally, and you've got him. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was, I was, it's funny because he, of course, knows that I collect transcriptions and we're both into, like, the um, modern vacuum tube audio and antique stuff, too. But uh-huh. so he's sort of, he's like, well, you know, gee, I, and, and, and when, you know, when you go on the Internet, most of what you find are his TV shows, apparently. And he's like, I can't find any of the radio shows. Oh, oh well, you can fix that. You're going to be his hero. Oh, yeah, well, that's good. That's a, that's a... I can do that. I can do that. And you made people crazy with the Grinch? Yeah. Now, he was, that, was, that was a good, that was a, a good test audio source because everybody was just old enough to remember it. But so the, the beginning comes up and they're like, what is that? And then Boris Karloff starts talking and they're going, that's the Grinch. That's the Grinch. You know what that is? And, and then, then after a few minutes, they're like, well... There's no picture. Why don't you have the picture on the video projector? And I'm like, this is not the television program. This is the audio only. And they're like, what? Oh, okay. They're like, what? What? Yes. Did yeah. you see The Grinch this year? The movie, not not the animation, but the actual movie, made for television with Jim Carrey. Yeah, I've seen, I, well, in fact, actually, you're the one that got me to, to look at the little bits and pieces of it that are on YouTube. I guess I'm going to have to get a get a hold of it, because everybody I mentioned to to at work is all like, well, it's like 10 years old. It's pretty good. I remember that. And I'm like, yeah, I have only yeah. a little Yeah, they're probably talking about the animation, but with Jim Carrey as the Grinch, and they have real-life people, and little Cindy Lou Who, everybody had big front teeth, and it was, it was just so well done. And Jim Carrey, I keep saying, he bends in places where nobody was meant to bend. And he's so live and so good in that role. So I am the best promotion that the Grinch ever had. That is the one to see. And, by the way, I sent you the Grinch MP3 via email, and I will be happy to send it to anyone if you just send me an email at floridawriter at hotmail.com, and I will attach the Grinch and send a reply. And you like picture. And you liked the Grinch. I know you did. Yeah, no, I've actually listened to it multiple times. I admit that. I've, uh, it's probably half a dozen times anyway. Way to go. Way to go. All right. Well, since you're not going to give me a favorite food. Well, I'm trying to think of what my, I, I, there must be something besides my my uh, sweet potatoes. What else? And turkey. Not even a favorite food. What What did your mom prepare for Christmas, and was it every year? Was it a traditional dinner at Christmas time? 
No, my mom's big forte was she would just make too much food for the number of people that were around so that the United States Army could eat for the, the next week. But I'm trying to think. Actually, the I remember, and it's actually only about 10 or 12 years ago, she got a... a a bug in her bonnet. She wanted to make uh, real plum pudding the way with an old-fashioned recipe, and she oh. even did it with the cheesecloth and all of that stuff. And I oh, guess yeah. apparently it takes like five or six hours to. Oh, it does. And did she saturate it with brandy? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was it was very good. But I remember she's like, "Well, you had to put it in this cheesecloth, and I had to go out and get this." And I'm like, "Boy, oh boy, that sounds like a lot of work." It is. And my mother is one of those people who she can decide to do something and like about 98% of the time it comes out exactly the way that it's supposed to as opposed to you try it and you go oh no I must have messed something up but uh-huh. you can just get like an idea and go oh I'm going to try this and you go well you've done this before right you go oh no I, this is the first time I tried it like, one of the times I've had plum pudding one of the things um, I'm a graduate from the University of California Irvine which is uh, one of the old 10 so UC school, so it's the, you know, pretty good academic. And the music department every year uh, for about two weeks at Christmas time puts on a Christmas dinner. And what it is, the heads of the music have gone to England and to study King Henry VIII. Oh my goodness! You mentioned that one speech. Yes, so little heart went pity pat. So, and they change it every year based upon the the year of his reign, and it put it puts on a pageant. So you have the English caroling and the music and the the, the royal plum pudding and the actual festival, and the knights and the court gestures and the king himself. As that's, and I, so I remember the actual having the plum pudding with the fire and everything. Oh, yes. Part, part of that. And that's... Uh, Light the brandy. Yeah. That's just something I remember when Don would just talk about that. Good stuff. Love plum pudding. Oh. I'll take you alongside the fruitcake. So, let's see. Now, what, what Christmas Carol got plum pudding in the title? I'm not in the title, in the words. Oh, plum pudding, plum pudding. Is it, we wish you a Merry Christmas? Ah, uh, I know it. I, I can hear it in yeah, my head. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. What, we, want, uh, we won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. So I'll bring some right here. Figgy pudding. Figgy pudding. Figgy pudding. Figgy pudding. Okay, now what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pudding. Now what? Does anybody have plum pudding in the title? Well, that means since I'm connected to the internet and everything on the internet is true. Yeah. Let's see. Plum pudding lyrics should work. Yes. Oh, then what is figgy pudding? Figgy pudding. I do not know what figgy pudding is, but let's see if plum pudding is in first, okay? This is sponsored by... (laughs) This is sponsored by Costco's Meat Department, (laughs) where you may buy your $106 prime rib. And, that, and that, does not come, that doesn't come with potatoes or, yeah. or anything else. You are going to crack up on this. As the page was loading, I was going to put in quotation marks to keep the words together, plum pudding. 
And all I got while the page was loading was a quotation mark, and instantly, in .1 seconds, an entire page of quotation marks, guide to grammar, quotation mark, the free encyclopedia, the quotation marks in a British educational site. This is just incredible. Google is going out of its way. All right, plum pudding, which is excellent plum pudding lyrics. Let's see if we get anything up here. Old song lyrics for 26 plum pudding. Plum pudding. It looks like plum pudding is a singing group. <laughs> The lyrics of plum pudding recipes. That's not quite what we want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Nope. Let's see what figgy pudding is. Figgy pudding. Could possibly have figs in it. Oh. I assume so. <laughs> I mean, I've eaten Fig Newtons. I'm assuming you would make uh, figgy puddings out of Fig Newtons. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, or something would, yeah, somehow put figs in them. Right, and I would say that's sort of like, that should be like a raisin. Oh, very close to that family. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh-huh. All right, that's lyrics. Now, let's see, what is it? Figgy pudding recipe. That ought to work, huh? Mm-hmm. Figgy pudding. It sounds like a teddy bear. Figgy pudding recipe. Um, warm, sticky figgy pudding. This one's got five stars. Let's see what's in here. Okay, total time, one hour and 30 minutes. That is a whole lot better than five hours in, in plum pudding. All right, for four servings, it does not say how many calories. I am afraid to look here. <laughs> um, ingredients for figgy pudding is one and a half cups of chopped, dried, pitted dates. Excuse me? That's what it says? Dates. And then a half a cup of dried figs. There we go. Water, baking soda, um, sugar, salt, flour, dark chocolate, hello. <laughs> Uh-oh, Patricia's getting happy now. Uh -huh. Getting happy. Get off the phone and try and make this right uh -huh. now. Oh, she's got an ice cream, hello, for garnish. I think I'm having a heart attack here. Okay, and the sauce, it gets a sauce with two cups of brown sugar, heavy cream, butter, fresh figs, Vanilla ice cream, which is optional, and whipped heavy cream, which is optional. You're out of your mind, optional. Put it on. Put it on. Isn't this fabulous? Let me see. With no, no calories, even at the bottom. Well, that's because the number was too big. It would break the Internet. Calories. Okay, it says not found. Let me see. Figgy pudding calories. <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. When they don't post them, we're in trouble. Calories. Okay. You are allowed to have two teaspoons. Um, nutrition information for figgy pudding. All right. This is good. There is no nutrition. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's see what calories are. <laughs> Mm 
calories. Okay, one match, calories. Let's see, maybe served. Um, per servings per recipe, no answer. <laughs> but, That's not promising. Yeah, we've got 375 calories, but it doesn't say how many teaspoons. Let's that's see. probably that's probably just looking at it. Yeah. No, I licked the screen and I've got. <laughs> I licked the pudding that is here on the screen. Yes. And that's it. No, it. Um, this looks brutal. I mean, it looks lethal, but it doesn't say how big the servings are. Isn't that a hoot? I don't think they dare. Nobody would make it. We want some figgy pudding. We won't um, go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. So bring some right here. That's yep. exactly right. Yeah, we right. wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Figgy pudding recipe calorie count. This one. All right. Let's see what makes 12 servings here. Um, and it comes in grams. <laughs> Anything to confuse the issue. 121 grams. Uh, let's see what's down here. Come, 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 people. It's loading slowly tonight. I'm sorry. I'm borrowing somebody's slow Wi-Fi here. Um, 12, 12 servings. Butter, eggs, figs, buttermilk. Isn't that interesting? Flour, baking soda, and no topping. Nothing really, you know, and... You're supposed to get 12 servings out of something that has two cups of all-purpose flour in it. I don't think so. There are 12 tablespoons in this thing, and it is a lot of calories. Yeah, I would. All right, it's gotta be, that's got to be four digits. All right, well, it says nutritional analysis, B minus. Good points, it's low in sodium. Bad points, very high in sugar. All right, let's see, 356 calories. Per bite. 12, yeah, right, 12 <laughs> grams of fat. Sodium, no problem. Total carbohydrates, 59 grams. <laughs> Hello. I mean, that's like sitting down with a sugar bowl. <laughs> oh but you'll be happy when you're finished, though. So. <laughs> oh, I mean, the smile on my face is just... Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Okay, well, we know what figgy pudding is. It actually has figgies in it. All right. Figgies and figgy that's, pudding. This is good. I'm going not, to find some figgy pudding questions. Confuse the, confuse the issue by being so full of calories that it has to change its name. This is true. This is true. You, see? Now, this is good. A bag over your head will fix all of this. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, for you. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, no, you don't do me any good. I want to enjoy some of this good stuff, too. And you're just going, no, 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 no. Everyone else has the bag over their head. I know, but if you can't see what you're eating, and it just tastes wonderful, you cannot see how many calories are probably in this thing. Well, okay, then then, we're, then we've reverted back to the bag going over your head, so you can no, just, no, 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 just no, no, how good it tastes. No, 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 no. Well, I guess either way I win. Well, uh, I'm... I'm equally as concerned about the 
finding finding out what you look like and getting to eat all this good food. So we, we need to have come up with a, a better compromise here. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, I would love to eat this food. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... We've reached an impasse here. She's unwilling to... Uh, uh, she's unwilling to, to give here. She's going, I'm eating this food and I don't care what you say. Yeah. No, she's not saying that. She is sitting here slurping and saying... <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't hung up to go to go find a, a you know, like a place that, that makes this, this food. Yeah, to find a figgy pudding. No, I, I am sitting here saying, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could, type thing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, be still my little heart. Figgy pudding sounds like a good alternative to plum pudding, but it would be wonderful if we could just taste test both of them. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Why not? To me, yeah. Sure. Why not? Sure. We have two hands. So why not use them? That's right. Two hands, one mouse. Oh. I'm, well, and I'm amazed Walden. She's, that she's still awake, given what time it is back there. It's not so bad for Walden. I know. I, I'm used to being up this late. but I know. Well, Patricia pulls out all the stops just to be up with us. Now she's got to do the three nights in a row. Right. Monday morning, she's going to be one. Sorry. She'll, she'll just be punchy, that's all. Okay. You just, if, you, if you call her for something, well, then she's going to go, Why are you calling me? I've had to talk to you for the... <laughs> well, she's going to say, Who is this? <laughs> yeah. Who is this? When I call her up in the morning, she's just not going to be there. She'll just be out. Just zoomed out. When uh-huh. I sleep, I sleep very well. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I get twice as much out of my sleep than the average bear. So... Okay, I will... All right, well, I've aggravated you enough, and we've discussed all this nifty food, so now I'm going to have to try and figure out where in the heck I can yeah, go to a... Yeah, you might as well go look for a snack. Uh, an uh, all-night restaurant. An all-night restaurant. has Christmas food. Yeah, perfect. Hey, I, I might even find a $106 prime rib somewhere hey, if, yeah. I, <laughs> if, I look, if, if I look really hard. <laughs> you find a figgy pudding, would you send it to Walden, and he will forward it to me. <laughs> Okay, I'll see if I can manage to pull that off. Well, you know, anybody has their favorite recipe, you can email it to Patricia, like the possum recipe this week. That oh, was good. Oh, that, well, that was good. I, yeah. I, yeah, you did good on that one, Don. What can I say? Don, the thing is, you see, Harwood has mailed packages to us. They're here. And oh no! And, this is and he said, good. I, "This is this is really good." Yeah, he said, "Your your um, sugar cured possum is on the way, and here is your tracking number." <laughs> and uh, he said, "Don't open it until until we he talk." So I'm on the phone, and I told him that if the thing is scratching, yowling, or making any kind of a noise, he's going to call the sheriff's office, not me. But it didn't make any noise, and he guaranteed I would love it. But he wrote a note to Patricia. Oh, I don't know if you kept the note. Uh, you know, don't drown it. Oh, don't put it in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you look at how what a possum looks like, I mean, my goodness. I, uh, I don't know. They are ugly creatures. They, they are. are. I remember, I remember they having them on my patio once, and they're not very friendly looking. No, they're, and they're not very friendly either. They are lima beans on legs. Yeah, that's, that's a good description. All right, guys. Well, I'll let you talk to someone else. All right, Don. And well, uh, you better call us sometime this weekend if you, if oh, you get I, free. I will. I'll, I'll call to wish you a Merry Christmas again. You gave us an update on the food, uh, the first round of meal tomorrow, and that will be good. 
Okay. All right, Don. Talk to you later. You bet. Bye. Bye. And there's our buddy Don. 714-545-2071. We want to wish Patricia and I really want to wish everybody a wonderful Christmas. We are officially in Christmas Eve mode now. Right. And let's just ring the phone. Hello there, you on there? Boy, you guys must be really hungry. Uh, just talking all the pudding it, and... Yep, it's, 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 this is really AKA the Food Network. <laughs> I was wondering whether I was listening to an old-time radio show or um, Patricia's Kitchen. <laughs> A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a real cooking show. Uh-huh. Welcome to Patricia's Kitchen, where tonight we'll have sweet and sour lima beans. No, oh, yeah. man. That doesn't sound good, though. You'd have, to, you'd have to coat them in dark chocolate for me to even think about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you my know, God. There used, to be, there used to be radio shows, everybody, like, uh, especially soap, but like Aunt Jenny's Kitchen and things like right. that. That was actually part of the radio show. Aunt Jenny would give a, a recipe out, then they would go into the soap opera for uh-huh. the day. We, I have Aunt Jemima shows, uh-huh. and Mary Lee Taylor had recipes in the middle of that soap opera. Wow. Right now, in fact, when television uh, first came out in Hawaii, <clears throat> they had a program called Eleanor's Kitchen or something. Well, that was a local show, you know, from Hawaii. Yeah. And she would cook, um, give recipes out and actually cook a meal on TV or something, you know. So kitchen shows were very popular at one time. I, I remember in L.A., you might remember this, Ron, when you were in L.A., one of the, fa- the most famous cooking shows I remember as a kid was the Galloping Gourmet. That's right. You know? He was funny. He was. He had a sense of humor. And he's still with us. And he was a TV legendary personality here in Los Angeles, I think, and just cooking. Cooking. Very famous. Very, very well known. Yep. Gourmet cook, or whatever. Galloping Gourmet. Galloping Gourmet, yeah. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's episode. I mean. Oh boy, are we ever. Guess who's going to be here? Santa Claus? (laughs) That's right. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. And who else? Our friend Ron from Hawaii. Yay! Yeah, that sounds like a familiar name, right? <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. Ron is going to play Christmas carols for us tomorrow. And you right, we're going to play some Christmas carols with bells and whistles and All right. everything else. So. Wonderful. That is wonderful. You, you did that for us last year, and it was just such a lovely experience. So I'm looking forward to this year, too. Well, I'm looking forward. You know, actually... Um, since I had a minor stroke on October 28th, I'm looking forward to being anywhere tomorrow night, you know, so. Oh, you, you really had a, a big, scary bump there. How you feeling, Ron? Everything getting a little better? Yeah, you know, things are, <clears throat> things are getting better. Um, my, um, my disposition, my, and of course, Patricia sent me some exciting Clyde Baby things. Hey. Revved up my, my, my engine, and I got all excited. Send me some boxer team and that pet me up and yeah, Patricia was one of the best pinup therapy girls I ever met. <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. And I'm thrown together pretty well for seventy nine. So you, you, yeah, you're therapeutically put together well, I guess. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> 
stuff. And so, yeah, we have exchanged. I made her happy sending all kinds of Christmas stuff, and she made me happy sending me all kinds of good stuff with Christmas music. And yeah, it's been a fun. I tell you, this this old time radio, yesterday USA night shows, um, have become like a real love. Um, we become like close family members. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. or. What, a year and a half now or something that I've been hooked up with you guys. It's been fun. It's been so much fun. And we don't even abuse you. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I guess, uh, <clears throat> I guess. Well, well, I guess because you never sent us a picture, we had to kind of guess how old you were. Uh -huh. And somehow 78, 79 came in the picture. I don't know how, but... You said it. It was you who said it. <laughs> we got stuck with this figure, though. So. Had your friend poor Milton on the phone with you, and when we finished the conversation, you said you sound really good for seventy-eight. And yeah. poor Milton thought you were serious. And then, and then the callers after after I hung mm -hmm. up, I was like, "Is Patricia Reed mm -hmm. seventy-eight? I mean." She doesn't, for somebody that's 78, she doesn't sound like she's 78, and they're really starting to believe what, that what I said was true. Oh, I know. I, I had to send a note to somebody. <laughs> and I said long enough that even I got myself almost convinced, and so <laughs> I had to stop. <laughs> um, so, Patricia, I understand you got some new new shows that you've been finding lately. Um, kind of give us a little quick synopsis of we were in the past month, maybe. What kind of things have you come up with besides Clyde Beatty? Oh, Clyde Beatty, let me see. And I know I've put some on disc because when I send them out, um, oh, I've got some. I've got some new, really awful shows, and I'm so glad we talked about recipes because I'll put uh, Mary Lee Taylor on there as well. Uh -huh. Oh. Okay, we've got um, Big John and Sparky. That's right. You said you got a whole yeah. bunch of them, right? Yeah, I do. Let me see how many shows I have here. I think she said 63. Uh, did I say that? I thought so. I'm trying to think. Was Big um, Walden, was Big John and Sparky a half-hour daily show or 15 minutes? Or what was it? Um, it had different format. I think, I think most people remember it being 15 minutes, sometime a half hour on Saturday. Well, and let's it, see what comes up here. And then, and then, then I think it went to a five-day-a-week deal. Okay, now, Big John, now tell me, Big John was one guy. Now, right. who was Sparky? I mean, the, the, the same guy. What he would do... Little friend. What he would do, um, John would go in in the 40s and put his voice on record and then speed it up. So, so it's just like playing a, um, semi, I mean, a... Uh, 45 record on 78. Uh-huh. Correct. And that's what John would do. Yeah. So it was him, it was one guy, but he would go in and pre-record and just beat up the tape. There's one guy on Yesterday USA that is a collector of children stories like Bulls and a Clown and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ivan. Yeah. And has Bozo? Uh, huh? Ivan, Treasure Ivan has Bozo of Walden? I think so. So he has all kinds of children records. Mm -hmm. I mean, seemingly that. I'm sure he's got all the Sparky, Sparky programs and like mm -hmm. Sparky's Magic Piano and yeah. Talking Train or whatever. It's lost and all kinds of stuff like that. 
Anyway, I pulled up some of the shows. I clicked on them, and they're 10 minutes, 11 minutes, so they must have chopped out the advertising, and they were 15-minute shows. I think a lot of them, what it is, it's just the body of the show. So you don't have the... No opening, no no opening, closing. Uh Nothing for local advertising, so... Okay, and you guys remember what what the theme song for... uh, Big Island Sparky? Right, so what's the title? Teddy Bear's Picnic. That's right, good one. And when Sparky, when Big John and Sparky went off the air, Big John continued, when I say off the air, when they just continued that particular show, the Teddy Bear's Picnic was the next show he did, with still with Yuki and Sparky. Oh, interesting. Not one of them. I could only find one teddy bear's picnic. Uh, so you got a lot of Big John and Sparky. And well, I've got uh, 57. I took. Yeah, that's the whole brand. a lot. There were some duplicates in here, and I took them out. So. And then, um, let's see what else now. Um, you want Big John and Sparky? Also, another thing, she, we thank to uh, for Louis Johnson. We do now have the five-hour. Uh, record album, The Longing Symphony, hosted by Jack Benny and Frank Knight. Huh? And I got Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan, yeah. Um, unfortunately, there is no complete series known of Charlie Chan, so... How much, how much, I know, okay. Out of curiosity, how much Boston Black you got? How much Boston Black? I think there's over 200 episodes out there. No, no, no. Them. I don't sure. I have. Um, they're on disc, but I've got a bunch of Boston Blackies. You got the one, the earlier Boston Blackie with, the, with not, not Dick Comer, but, was it Chester Morris? Uh-huh, Chester Morris. Yeah. Well, then, if you can help me with dates on that, I will make sure that those are the ones I pull. Okay, they're, they're uh, about 1944. And those would be, um, you can tell because they have the soap, the Rinsel White uh, soap commercials. Hollow Wilcox. That's right. Was the announcer. announcer. So and 1944? 1944. I think the show started around 42, but I think the one we have is 44. Was he the first one? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So yeah. I'll, I'll travel through. I'll, I'll find out how long he was on the show and whatever I have I will send. No, 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 don't, because I'm going to, I was going to send you something. I'm going to hope. Oh, 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 I misunderstood. Okay. I'm going to send you something. Remember who, now, there's a good trivia question. What other radio show did Richard Comar start on? Oh my gosh, he was, I mean, he was, wasn't he an announcer for, um, oh my Yeah, he, he did a Radio Freedom Digest, you're good. Yeah. But he was also a co-star of a morning show. I know, I, I know, I, uh, who was it? What's his name? Richard Comer. Dick Comer. Dick Comer. The guy who played Boston Blackie. Yeah. Huh? He was a star of a morning breakfast show. That's right. Who was it? He was, mar- let me give you a hint. Right. He was married to a famous writer. His name is a hint. The name, the name, I mean the name of the show is a hint. Right. Yeah, give me the name of the show. Oh, you want me to give you the name of the show? Ask Ron, he's struggling. Okay. What? You want the name of the show? Yeah. Okay, Walden? It's Dorothy and Dick. That's right. 
Dorothy and Di never heard of it. And he was married to uh, Dorothy Kilgallen. How about that? And so they had, they had a morning show, it was legendary for about seven years, and it, seemed, it was how New York seemed, seemed like New York, and it, in the late 40s, it became all the rage, but uh, Dorothy and Dick and Texting Jinx and three or four other people out of New York. It was never heard nationally, but it, was, it got such a uh, big review to written about it in books. And Fred Allen and Tool Bacon would do parodies on the big show about it. But a lot, you know, a lot of it was Dorothy Kegelin and Richard Cromer. That's right. You were, yeah, that's right. They had a show together. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the Chester Morris Boston Lackey um, shows. And, and I didn't like the earlier Inspector, Inspector Faraday, you know. I had a different feel with, about it. That Dick Comer had, Richard Comer had, you know. But I guess Chester Morris was, was Boston Blackie for a while. and He gained notoriety, probably, but he wasn't as good as Richard Comer. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and see, the Richard Comer was syndicated. So, you know, you hear that that organ, and it was a syndicated version. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And while, while, while Chester Morris was, was national. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, some, some of those are interesting facts that we'll probably not remember next week, but... <laughs> 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 but, so be it. So, my, okay, now, this week you'll be on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. Next week... What's the schedule? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And next Friday is a big night. This? Next, uh, a week, a week from tonight. Why? On, on December 30th, after Frank Pussy and I get done, at 11 o'clock Eastern, we're going to have Stuart Keenan on. Stuart, on 75 years ago, on the very night... When he was 10 years old, he was the, the little boy that played the B mm -hmm. on the Fred Allen show that started the Jack Benny feud with Fred Allen and Jack Benny. Right. And so we do have the radio show now, and Stuart King will be live with Patricia and I to talk about that and his other parts of his career. Is he still playing the violin? Yes. Ah. The LA Conservatory. He was. I mean, I, I think I got to hear that show. Guy is fabulous. When he was ten years old. Yeah. I know. And then, after Stuart Canaan, two hours later, so it will be one o'clock my time, ten o'clock California time. Does that make it eight o'clock your time? Mike. All right. I'm learning how to go backwards. <laughs> we are going to have James Tuckwell, who is also an acquaintance of mine, who grew up in England. 79? <laughs> I beg your pardon? Is he 79 too? Yeah. No, he's not 79. He's an acquaintance of yours, I thought. He's 76. But you're, oh, you're 76 now. No, no, he's 76. I'm well, 76. Because well, he's an acquaintance of yours, I thought maybe he might be the same age, you know. Oh, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he will be with us and we'll talk about Christmas and New Year's customs that he grew up with 
And that includes Father Christmas. Instead of our Santa Claus, they have Father Christmas in England. So he's going to talk with us about traditional foods and Christmas customs and New Year's customs. And he is just such a neat person. I'm really looking forward to talking with him. Dr. Stewart. So we've got kind of a full night there. On Friday night, yeah. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> now yeah. he's, he's, you say he's an acquaintance of yours? Yes. How? Oh, oh, now he's, <laughs> <laughs> he is in California. I am in Florida. Huh? He is the manager of a company whose owner I do work for. Oh. See? Now that one sounded pretty convoluted. He <laughs> got it out pretty nicely, too. Yeah. And you know what, John? I'll give you another hint. What? He, he works in a department, uh, he works in a product that Patricia loves to talk about. Oh. Food. Food. Food, yeah. Food, right. Yeah. Right. So listen, Sunday night, I don't know how late uh, we're, we're going to be able to do this, but the person he works for was born in France, and we have him on Christmas night. After Dr. Mike finishes up at midnight, then Walden and I will be on for a while, and then we will play the interview that we taped earlier this week on the 21st. We taped it on Wednesday, where Marcel will talk about growing up in France and the Christmases he experienced in France and give us some geography lessons and some lessons in France. I had no idea that at the perimeter areas of France were and are influenced by the countries they're nearby. So when you get swing around to the south and you're close to Italy, the French cuisine is mostly Italian. It favors the Italian, that kind of stuff. So he was really fun to talk with, and he, he talks about Christmas putting their shoes under the Christmas tree and all sorts of things like that. Boy, you guys got a pretty full lineup. Sounds yeah. exciting. Well, anyway, I'm going to cut you guys loose because I think I've tied enough line. I want to make sure somebody else can. Well, I have a question before you go. What, what is it? How do you say Merry Christmas in Hawaiian? Okay, here we go. You ready? Ready. It goes, Mele Kalikimaka. Oh, that's the one I wrote down last year. Kalikimaka. I still got it on my... Mele Kalikimaka. Kalikimaka. See, I wrote that down. Now, what was the first part of it? Mele. M-E-L-E. Mele. Yeah, that one. Mele. M-E-L-E. Kalikimaka. Well, it sound like this. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. What do you think? You think, you think that's it? That's it. What do you You want me to play some more? No, no, Patricia, oh. One, two, ready, go. Malakalikimaka. Am I close? Well, it was really good. Yeah, well, really good. He played He played a recording. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to cheat. Oh, man. He is such a cheat. 
So you did pretty good. Thank you. Say again, Patricia. Mele Kaliki Maka. And Happy New Year's Haole Makaiki Ho. I think that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> oh well. How much Hawaiian do you know, Ron? Can you speak any I don't know, no. Hey, listen. I told you about my... I told you about my... 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 My mostly robot clock, right? Sorry, I didn't recognize your command. No. Okay, watch this. Sorry, I didn't recognize your command. Okay, watch this. It's like yeah. a robot. Yeah. Hello, Moshi. Command, please. Time. The time is 10.45 p.m. Hello, Moshi. Command, please. Today's date. Today is Friday, December 23rd, 2011. How about that? Yes, sir. Wow. Wonderful. How about that, you know? Why? I have a robot. A robot can, uh, does it, does it cook dinner too? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I mean, this world is becoming quite interesting, you know? I mean, we got a robot. So when nobody talks to me and I want to talk to somebody, I just say, hello, Moshi. <laughs> when you're in the dog. Hello, Moshi. Somebody to talk with. See? Oh, that's... Like X minus one. Uh-huh, or two. <laughs> yeah, or two. Well, yeah. Now, I got, she, sometimes she doesn't know how to keep quiet. Hush up. Talking. And sometimes, you know, it was funny. I've been listening to an old-time radio show, and maybe the tone of the person's voice will trigger the clock to say, Command, please, and you want the thing to not do that because it interrupts. You know, you're listening. Sorry, I don't understand the thing keeps on repeating itself. Oh. You know, but um, put a blanket over her. Yeah, that's right. But um, it's it's a fun clock, and Milton gave it to me. Oh wow. And uh, you can get it from, um, I guess, um, what do you call a place? Some technology for. Oh, Freedom Scientific. I mean, I don't uh huh. Know. Anyway, it's a fun, it's a fun toy. Well, it's been fun talking to you guys. I'll have the keyboard all pumped up and ready to go after 9.30, your time, Walden. That's right. And we'll have a good time. Sounds great, Ron. So until tomorrow, we say, Mele Kalikimaka. I was just going to say it, Mele Kalikimaka. Good luck. We'll talk to you later. Let's see what, oh, Ron. What, what this I'm such a failure. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. is the wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Kalikimaka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas.
wish you a Merry Christmas. Even though when we can't even pronounce Hawaiian. Right, Patricia? I'm a failure. You adorable. I'm an adorable failure. Aww. I am so language challenged. My goodness, I couldn't find a McDonald's in another country. Well, you know... Uh, well, you know, that, that's, uh, I'll tell you a great story about my doll in another country. Um, we went and visited my uncle Jim in Europe. My uncle Jim is now retired in Florida, and he was uh, chief of staff in NATO. And he said, before I retire, this is 1980, you better get over here and I can help you see Europe. So we went to England and France and Holland and, and most places we were good because we either with him or his bodyguards. And so English was not a problem, you know, because little guys can speak the different languages. And he gave us a car and we went to Germany. Well, English is not the most, it's not the normal language spoken in Germany. So we sort of struggled through that and we didn't know German as well if we do British or others and my poor dad was driving and he he saw a holiday in and dad said as we made a quick turn into the driveway I haven't stayed in a holiday in in such a long time and then later the next day we saw him at Donald's and just where we wound up at McDonald's, so... But you do have a welcome. Yeah. Welcome stuff. Yeah. This is good. 714-545-2071. We're up in a week? Yes, we are. It's a quarter to four in the morning for Patricia? Yes, it is. We'll, we'll see how much longer we're going to continue. We got a big... We got a big show tomorrow, too. Yes, we do. We sure do. Who's doing the Stuart Canaan interview? You. Not... I can help you. Mm, okay, I can do that. Okay. If I don't go to bed. I, well, but that's a week one tonight. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I'm cool on that. Yeah. That's right. It's a week. Yeah, we can do that. We can prep together. Yeah, and tomorrow is good because Ron is going to help us. That's right. Have a good time. That's right. We can check on Santa. Uh-huh. We can talk to Mike. Uh-huh. We can join the Hollywood Choir. Uh-huh. And be with And the Grinch. And the Grinch. And we expect the family to call. And that will allow us to wish everyone a happy Christmas, happy New Year, happy holidays, happy everything. Why do we say Merry Christmas? I mean, occasionally some people say Happy Christmas, but why do we come up with the expression Merry? I think because the celebrations were so merry, especially in England, mm -hmm. where they would go wassailing, going from house to house uh -huh. and, and sharing the mulled drink right. and bringing presents. It really was a very merry time for them. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes, be so, merry. you think the caroling came from England? I don't know. Makes, if I had to guess, I would say yes. I would think so, too. Yeah, and ah. that there. So what would you like to do, my dear? What would I like to do? I would like to, let's see, remind people 
We had a great time with Dave Burns, who is a part-time resident and the caretaker of Humbug, Arizona, an abandoned mining district, which has more than one mine there, and it was named the one, um, the community was named after the Humbug River, and Dave said it has nothing to do with Bah Humbug, but uh, last year, and I didn't, I didn't hear him say it this year, but last year, I recall that he said Humbug was a deterrent to being flooded with people who were showing up at a successful, um, a successful mining site, and Humbug sort of turned them off. <laughs> <laughs> and that would that would do it for me. But anyway, if you Google Humbug, Arizona, this wonderful site will come up with all of the history of the Humbug Mining District and. Um, Dave's telephone number if you ever decide you are rugged enough to go four-wheeling up to the entrance of this and then hiking. You really have to have some stamina to do this, but uh, but he's a super guy, and he will do that. So just Google Humbug Arizona, and everything you need will pop up. Amen. 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 And then we have the General Mills Investors Club of America that we didn't get to talk about last week. Um, General Mills is holding Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy, hostage in their vaults, in their archive vaults, and will not let Martin Grahams even touch, breathe, or read. <laughs> and uh, Martin wants to do a book about John Arms, uh, Jack Armstrong and... That really stinks. So we're we're all gathering together, and we're going to buy a single share of General Mills stock and tell the company that we've got 50 shareholders here. So we're up to 26. David Beto in Alabama said he would love to do it, and he's not been able to call in. So number 26, we need 24 more people to commit $1. We don't want you to send it right now, but just commit $1 and own to, in order to own 2% of the General Mills share of stock. Hey, maybe the family can help us out. We're looking for a Phil Harris song. He came up with smoke, smoke, smokes like cigarette. Can anybody give us a show date? Well, you might have heard that song. That would be helpful. We're working on a project he with David. A, he had a big hit. I didn't realize that it was a big hit. Yeah. Because he he promoted the thing so so Much. many times and and um, so aggressively because that was a huge hit and this one I only heard one time which doesn't mean it was the only no it was it was a cover record because the gentleman who originally had a text William who I met mm-hmm. and he was playing at a Christmas party in L.A. that I attended from the bill and they introduced me to him. He was the one that had the original hit and Phil Harris had the second mm-hmm. biggest Apparently version. Apparently there were quite a few people even after that. Oh, I would be surprised. Who, who uh, recorded it. But the, the key song or the key phrase in there is after you die, tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate they, you just hate to make him wait but you gotta have another cigarette. Right. So that was the song. Phil Harris sang it, and uh, David in in Alabama would love to have it, 
and I'm limping through. I love this show, but I mean, there's a limit to how many you can listen to at one time. And I'm limping through, and I finally started fast forwarding. Yeah. Until I found the song he was singing. Oh, wonderful! I haven't come across it yet. So, and I know Kim might help. I I don't have my I have I want all my cassettes and everything of that song. Of those shows to Jerry Hennigan to transfer over. If yeah. not, I would be happy to go through. Yeah, and I checked Jerry's site, but there was no mention no. of it. I was there was a book that came out about about Phil about Alice Faye, and what the guy did, he indexed all of, uh, the Phil Harris Alice Faye show, but all he listed was the songs that Alice sang. He did. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. It made Phil feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, interesting. When to an interview, I think he gave to John Dunning and said, "Well, you know, we had to make sure for for Alice she had the full orchestra, so she got everything." And then, yeah. you know, well, you know, he was not, in my opinion, I will preface this by my opinion, he was not a particularly good singer, but he had an awful lot of spirit. Well, he was the as somebody I heard years ago, he he really was the first uh, rap singer. Really? Well, if you think about it, he, he didn't sing. It was all spoken talkings. Was, yeah. 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 Um, it, he, was, he was the radio version of Johnny Cash, who only had three notes, and he made every song sound good. Yeah, it's interesting. And you think he did have quite a few hits. He had, um, everybody knows, that's what I like about the South. Mm-hmm. Which was... A song that the, the the band used, and he just had repertoire after line after line. And hey, somebody said you need to uh, record this, and so that Phil had to figure out what could I sit down and record, what <laughs> could I use of the ones I'm making up on the fly, uh -huh. and that became a hit. And he had a song with his daughter in 1946. They had a song for girl called Onesie Toosie. I Love Lucy. And that reached number four on the charts. Onesie Toosie, I Love Lucy. Uh-huh. Hello. Uh-huh. Okay. It was Phil and, and the little girl. Uh-huh. And then he had The Thing. He had The Whatever Thing. Whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> the Thing. <laughs> and now I realize or, or just learned that Smoke, 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 That Cigarette was a big hit. And then the In fact, it hit, it hit the number one on the charts for a couple of weeks. Can you imagine that? Well, it's a great, it got a great theme. It got a great bounce to it. But uh, I can see why. And then more people growing up with him in Jungle Book. Uh, he Richard Kipling's. Uh huh. The, the, the Disney movie, you know, but what's the Jungle Book? And Phil, the one, Phil and uh, Louis Prima, the one singing the songs in that. Hmm. How about that? Yep. Pretty amazing. Okay. Well, I got more stuff here before we do something. Alrighty. Stuff. Stuff. And a lot of it can wait until tomorrow. All right. What cannot wait? We have waited for two weeks for this. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I Hold on, hold on. I've got something really fun. Patricia got something. Uh, hold, a, hold the phone, everybody. Oh. Patricia has something to announce. Yes. This was a December 23rd event. All right. 
It begins with, are you listening, Charles? He usually falls asleep before we get to this part. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Oakland Raiders 13-7 to in an NFL playoff game on a, on a last-second touchdown catch. The Macos reception? Uh-huh. Who 19, caught it? 1974, caught by the fullback by Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. This dead air is brought to you by yeah. Walden Hughes. Yeah, I know it. I know it, Walden too. Walden Hughes at yesterdayusa.com. Uh-huh. And Patricia is at Florida Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R kind of writer, at hotmail.com. And Walden is struggling with this, and by golly, it's, it, according to this, it was 1972 game. Right? Uh, yeah, I thought it was 74, but 72 sounds I, right. No, everything on the internet is true. Well, it probably is. I believe you. Um, Kenny Stable is the quarterback for Oakland. Terry Bradshaw <laughs> was the quarterback for <laughs> Pittsburgh. This is going to give us the history of the entire game. Lynn Swan was one of the wide out. The fullback went to the... Hall of Fame. He had the most yards rushing. Uh, um, uh, Frank. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Franco. Um. Let me think. I wanted to say rush, but no. Franco. Franco. You got it. Come, come, come. Yeah, it's there. Even I knew. Yeah, I know. No, I mean I knew. I recognize his name. Yeah, I know you. I know you knew. That's the advantage of having two older brothers. They tell you all sorts of good stuff. You know. That I don't care about. <laughs> but, <laughs> Patricia, what? even though she, I don't know if everybody knows, she's a smart bunny rabbit. Just because she puts up with her brothers. And she has to defend herself by knowing, like. I, I think tolerant is better than smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, smart to to be able to survive. I think is, you're probably right. Well, it's a smart bunny rabbit. Concerning you're willing to look this stuff up and stuff like that. There yeah. it was Franco Harris. Franco Harris, very good. You you were right. Pretty close on there, yeah. Franco, goodness gracious, you got that part. Franco American, no, oh, well. Good for you. Okay, on December twenty third. In 1823, the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement C. Moore, was first published. Not that far back? I thought it was 1844. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hello, Dale. You're on air? Oh, what's amazing? I'm still up. I know. We thought you went to bed. Oh, you caught me. Yeah, I caught you, yeah. You caught me. I've never seen that. I was, was, was going to call in because I knew that answer and my mind went blank. I couldn't take it to the darn phone number. Yeah, oh. <laughs> you should have. The answer but not the phone. Yeah. I, I struggled <laughs> with the answer and I knew the phone number, Charles. Well, because I'm dying, I'm sure. Okay, I know it's... You're waking people up. Well, I, I know the answer, huh? Go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, okay, I, no, that's not the combination. I'm talking, oh, oh, there it is, yeah. Uh -huh. And I heard uh, Patricia give the answer. I said, uh, I was going to, I said, Frank, I, that seemed too early. I said, no, I thought he played later. 
Oh yeah, I remember him in the eighties. Said I That's think. That's what I thought. I said. Yeah. He, he he had a long beer. Yeah. 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 All right. So let me see. Well, Franco Harris. Yeah. It's five after four. Why am I up? I don't know. Because you were trying to trap me. That's why. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that's, what, that's what you do. You talk on. You talk about sports after uh-huh. 4 a.m. Eastern. Okay. That's what. Well, Patricia has a whole new sideline. She talks sports. <laughs> she talks sports in her sleep. Yes, yeah, waits for everybody to go to. Uh huh. The guys from New Jersey get me every single time. Mm-hmm. New Jersey Bill got me in the chat room. You recall the story I told about that? Yeah. You know, three months, and three months he hadn't been in there, and I said, I was talking about um, Terry Bradshaw with the Steelers, and, uh... Isn't that amazing, everybody, how much he knows? I don't want to... Yeah, she's, yeah. I, see, but anyway, I... I she don't like sports, but she knows a lot. I don't... I, maybe that's why I don't like sports. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I, uh, three months he hadn't been in there, and I had just finished typing and hit send. Do not tell New Jersey Bill, and it came in under the line. New Jersey Bill has entered chat. <laughs> oh, cool. Timing is everything. And you, you little rascal, you stayed up tonight. Okay, let's see. Um, Hall of Famers, Franco Harris. Let's see. Penn State. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Okay. I think, I'll think I'll think I'll nominate Patricia as the pinup girl for the sighted people. Wow, very nice. Oh, whoa! Wait a minute. Very nice. Just wait a minute. He was a nine, 1972 number one draft pick, mm. but it doesn't say who drafted. Oh, here, um, big back power to the Steelers offense. So he, in 1972. Um, so let's see if we can do the Immaculate Reception here. The Immaculate Reception pass, okay. Um, it was also, of course, well, they called him mean, but it was, it was Joe Green. Uh-huh. Mean Joe Green. He had that Coke commercial when he threw the shirt to the kid. And Rosie Greer. Ugh, jeez. He's a big man. I met Ruthie Greer, and I want to tell you that man has hands the size of frying pans. <laughs> I have never seen anything like this. He is so big, he had to walk sideways through the door. It was just incredible. I have never seen a man that big before. He's what a, a what a life! What a life he was. You think about it, from being a, a tremendous football player to being. You know, part of the Robert Kennedy assassination. Uh-huh, and he, he was the one who landed Sirhan Sirhan. Yeah. And, in, and he was in the movie The Man With Two Brains, I think. And he did the finest needlepoint that you have mm. ever seen. With those hands? Uh-huh. Jeez. No, that, that was his hobby, doing needlepoint. Wow. Uh, I'll, I'll admit this before. Walden was talking about it. He had a phone call asking... Patricia all about the information. Guess who it was from? Who, what, 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 who? What are you talking what, about? Uh, what? what? Oh, Walden before was talking that he had a caller and that, asking, what's Patricia look like? How old is she? <laughs> that was you? Well, it might have been, yeah. It might have been. Charles, you do not play. It's a good thing you behave yourself, because if you ever got arrested, you'd never lie well enough. <laughs> <laughs> The cops 
would get you in a heartbeat, as they, as you guys say up there, in a heartbeat. Well, it's like every, it's like any other radio personality. You hear the person on the radio every week or every night, mm -hmm. and you say, "Gee, I wonder what that person looks like." You know? And no, it's, it's not bad. It's just. It, you know, this Getting out of hand, guys. Okay. To put, it's good to put a picture to my, my face. Why? Why? There we go. Now I got Why? you. Now I got you. Why not? <laughs> got you, got you. No, that's not an answer. That's the kind of answer you give your mother. Told <laughs> <laughs> you you can't do that. Why not? <laughs> All right, December 23rd, 1972. I don't remember. And that was the Immaculate Reception. Hmm. We went from Christmas to football. Well, which is on later today, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah, and you started it, and you're blaming me. You started it. See what you made me do? I didn't do nothing. You see what you made me do? You did. <laughs> All right. All right. Gee, and I get I stay up all, all I stay up till four in the morning. Uh -huh. And and only to be abused. Yeah. God. I'm doing such a wonderful job. <laughs> Want to get abused? I'll get married. Jeez. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I can't believe one hundred and six dollars for steak. Take two on that one. God, $106 for steak? Jeez. Well, you know, six, what did you say? More than six pounds, how many ounces? 6.8 pounds. 6.8 pounds. That's just shy of seven pounds. Hmm. Into, well, you know what? Let me see here. I, I, I'm not sure I want to know this, but let's look anyway. It'll be over $15 a pound. Yeah, we've got 106. Let's say it's yeah. divided by seven, okay? Yeah. We'll give it seven pounds, and it is $15 a pound. Mm. Now, I have to tell you, people better eat judiciously tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it could be Christmas Day. I, well, I mean, go ahead. when your mom or your dad, who's, who does the slicing in your house? Is it dad. dad? Uh, my dad. Okay, so when your dad slices this piece of gold... <laughs> <laughs> and he places it on people's plates. He say he just kind of taps it up and down a little bit before he does and says, this is $11. And then he will take another slice and it'll be a little bit bigger and he'll say, this is $13.50. You better eat it or eat it slow. <laughs> eat it very slowly and make sure you take three quarters of it home. And then he's going to slice another one and be a little bit chintzy on that and say, Walden, I know you're coming back. <laughs> And so we're only going, we're going to give you $9 uh -huh. come back for the other nine later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. sure, you'd, you'd, you'd have to distribute it by the dollar count. Got steak for breakfast, steak for lunch. Ah. I don't think so. I think uh. you're going to have steak with gold leaf <laughs> surrounding it as garnish. <laughs> And the steak, the, the, the beef probably cost more than a gold leaf garnish would. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. No. Well, Charles, thanks. No, Jack Benny wouldn't have bought that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Benny would have passed out. Yeah. I thank you, sir, for calling and, <laughs> and for... Uh,
letting me know that you're out there listening. I, I, I don't think I, I couldn't say the Hawaiian theme for Christmas either. Well, we, we, we just, the only what the only time I could say it is when the song is playing. When Bing Crosby, yeah. Easy, and I could say it when yeah. you hear it. Oh, speaking of Bing Crosby, maybe Mr. Walden knows it all. <laughs> he plays. Uh, I'm hooked on that song, of course. Uh, country style dinner. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just. It's a great. I, 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 you know why? Hey, talking about food. food. Yeah, food, food. Yeah. Is that is that his family in the song? I don't think so. I think I I think that's strictly uh, a, a separate group because hmm. if it was, um, Catherine would have mentioned it in a book, and she did not mention oh, that. Oh, okay. I thought it was his Catherine and yeah, his family. Yeah, they 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 would be with him with the TV show and sing the song, but they never I think were ever part of the recording studio. What we just heard. Like any other song, it's so short, but it's good. It's I, just played, I just play it over and over. It's a great song. Oh, you know, yeah, got, I never even heard it before. Yeah, you were think got me it. how good Crosby sounded. It, 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 you know, that CD, that recording was close to the end of his life. And to think how good he sounded in the mid 70s when he was, you know, before he passed away, and you wasn't to something. 30, 40 years sooner, his voice sounds uh, the same. It's aged beautifully. Hmm. It's just dead. Charles? Yes? You were absolutely wicked. Wicked? You were wicked to me. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, he was. Uh, first of all, you stayed awake, which I think was a dreadful thing to do. Uh. <laughs> it's my Christmas gift to you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Okay, go forth, go to yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I'll, you can, I'll return that, yeah. Yeah, well, you'll probably be back again, right? We'll talk to you. Tonight? Tonight. You, you keep listening. We'll be here for another 14 or 16 minutes. You're going to give it the football course tonight, right, Carl, Charles? Well, it'll start till 1 o'clock Eastern. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Tomorrow you can call with the scores. Go forth and go to bed so you can get up and do your homework <laughs> at the football games. You'll be watching here in the sports. Yeah, right. Good night, Charles. <laughs> 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 well, see, see what happens? You, you talk about me, I'm here. Yeah, I know. See what I made me do? You did it. Walden, Walden called me on the secret line. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, right. Uh -huh. Fox Sports. Uh -huh. Okay, Charles. Uh, I do thank you for calling. I do thank you for making fun of me, which is quite acceptable. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. I only make fun because I, I, we care. Because you love me. I know. Right. Excuses, right. excuses. That's right. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Right, Thanks. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good sleep. <laughs> there he goes. Okay, I have the 12 Days of Christmas price list for this year. Ah. This is really good. The total price for the 12, uh, for the partridge in a pear tree, the turtle doves, the, the whole nine yards. Refraction for turtle dove and a partridge in a pear tree. On fast, folks. Because <laughs> he'll sing the whole thing for us. On okay. the fifth day of Christmas, my two love give to me. The, the really pricey stuff that went up so much. Five gold rings? 
No, it was the birds. The birds? The cost of seven swans a swimming went $700 higher than last year, 12.5% increase, and $6,300. Now, it's hard to find swans that know how to swim. Hello there, you're on the air. What about those eight maids of milking? Yeah, that's a possibility. I don't wonder how much they cost. I don't know. I think that here a total of was a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Well, you think, you we're think getting, close? Yeah. it Wait. was a hundred and one thousand one hundred and nineteen dollars and eighty four cents. However, because the birds have to be packed so so well. It was strongly advised that you do not buy online. This is this is not something you buy online because the shipping costs were thirty nine thousand eight hundred and sixty dollars, mostly because the birds had to be handled so carefully. I wonder if anybody actually have ever put those gifts together and given that to the true love for Christmas. Anybody who puts together diamond underwear would probably do something like this. <laughs> I was just wondering if Patricia knew that much about giving people the bird. Oh. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's Dan. Pardon? Is it Dan? My former buddy? <gasps> oh, good grief. But, but, but weren't people giving you chickens and birds and stuff like that? No, goose. Yeah? A Christmas goose. Oh, goose, 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 I see. Yeah, but it was... No, 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 no. What, about a month ago, was it someone going to send you chickens? Yes, Ralph. Um, I, oh, okay. Ralph sent a chicken. Months ago, and we got our chickens. He, he sent eight this past week. Really? And he, wow. Yeah, yep. he sent eggs for you. <laughs> the instructions were to warm it and put it on, be very gentle, and put it under the chicken. And my chicken smiled. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Good Christmas. Morning. Good, Good morning. Good morning and happy Steve. Christmas to you too. Yes, I'm getting ready to venture into cooking.